Kelly Luther will spend the next week in jail. Now the judge. One salon owner in North Texas. Well, she learned that the hard way. And a hair salon owner who had also opened up her store has been jailed. Luther tore up the citation to the cheer of the crowd. But in Dallas, salon, salon owner Shelly Luther faced seven days in jail for So your client is in jail right now? But yesterday, a woman by the name, and I want you to remember this name, a woman by the name of Shelly Luther in Texas. We don't support the random jailing of, for example, the woman who's now a household name, Shelly Luther. I thought it was terrible. I thought he was a terrible judge. The, the prisoner would like to speak a word. You need to apologize. What were you thinking when he said he, you need to apologize to the politicians? I was like, what? So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salons. They're putting this woman in jail because she's trying to feed her kids. The whole thing is screwed up. Well, I'm, I'm proud to stand with Shelley Luther, and I'll tell you what happened to her was wrong. Yeah! I'm not anyone special. I just know that... I have rights. You have rights to feed your children and make income. Right. And anyone that wants to take away those rights is wrong. We only had people in Washington, D.C. who had half the guts of this patriot. Play Shelley Luther. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courage to Stand. I'm Shelley Luther. I hope that you have been watching our amazing shows with some of the amazing guests that we've had in the past. Uh, we've only been two months in, and our guests have been so amazing, and we're getting tons of views. Please make sure you share with everyone uh, to make sure that we get even more people involved. Today's guest is also amazing. Please welcome to the show Mr. Samuel Hall with Patriots for America. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Here's what's crazy. Someone recommended that you should be on the show. And I'm like, yeah, we really should do that. And we didn't really talk after that. That was like a month ago. And then we went to dinner a couple nights ago out after some event we went to. And you're like, I know you. <laughs> yeah. And I saw your shirt and I'm like, that's my people, right? We talked, that's yeah. my people. Yeah, that's, uh, that's our tribe. I love it. I love it. So the first thing that we do with Courage to Stand is we really want to get to know kind of who you are. And then we will tell you about the courage aspect in the second part of the show. But tell us about um, kind of your your what you did after school or what you did for school. Talk about that. Yeah. So uh, back in 2000, I went to Christ for the Nations Bible College here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. uh, was given an opportunity to spend a, a summer semester in Uganda and Kenya, Africa. And so, uh, and over there, that's you know, especially at a very young, impressionable age, really gives you a. Um, Gosh, just a, a eyes wide open view of, of mm -hmm. just kind of some of the evil in the world, mm -hmm. right? And, and how the third world really is. And it's so uh, in 2000, I'm not trying to date you or anything, but I'm trying to get what, how old are you when you are going to these other places? I was 18, I believe. Oh my gosh. Most people couldn't do that. Well, I, I'm kind of crazy. I don't know. <laughs> people say that about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, c continue. So, Uganda, all of these places, what, what were you doing over there? So a lot of missions work, uh, mostly, you know, helping children, right? And uh, that's when you kind of see, uh, especially in Busia, like border towns, you see uh, trafficking, right? And mm. you kind of see the uh, the very open uh, slave trade that's still happening even in Jinja. And so, at least when I was there. So uh, that was a real eye-opener for me. And I think that's what really started everything, uh, you know, for what we do now in PFA. But 
I think um, after that, I started a ministry in Jamaica called Rise and Walk Ministries. How old were you when you started your own mission missionary? Um, I think I was 21 uh, when I did that. Yeah. You know, that's abnormal. I'm an abnormal guy. <laughs> <laughs> abnormal. And I'm not try trying to call you crazy. Like you're very unique and special for, for being able to think not of yourself when you're 18, 19, 20, 21. Most of us are very concerned about ourselves and what we're going to do for ourselves. So I just wanted to point that out. You already started in the right direction at an early path. What did you do with that group? So I, what we did was uh, we had crusades, right? We started off in a church. I mean, the whole thing kind of started on accident. I, I went down there on vacation just wanting to visit the church and pastor asked me to speak and I did. And, and then that kind of grew into more. And then we're now we're in tents. And then I think by my third time back, now we're renting these big tents and Crown Television had us on their TV station uh, there at the Sunset Beach Resort and Spa in Montego Bay. And uh, it was so funny, Shelly. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't live, you know, but it is Jamaica. It is a beach. Topless lady walks right oh, behind no. our shot, <laughs> right as we're in the middle of the You weren't looking at all. You, oh, you didn't no. see a thing. Oh, they had to tell you about it later. <laughs> oh, man. So cut, edit. You know, that was uh, that was always fun. But uh, And then when I came back, it was April 2003, Daystar uh, Television invited me on their station. I think that went live to, I think, 70 countries or 71 countries. Mm -hmm. And we talked about what we were doing with Rise and Walk Ministries. And, and then, uh, you know, I think God just blesses uh, a willing vessel. Right. It's, as long as you yes. are the, the hands and feet. Yep. And so what did you learn most out of doing those things? What did what do you bring back or what what do, what is the most important thing that you learned in those adventures in your early life? Right. Yeah. So servant leadership yeah. uh, would probably be the, the, the biggest takeaway. Right. You know, mm -hmm. just, there's a book called uh, Leading from the Middle. You know, you don't always have to to be um, at the front of the line. You know, I think you need to meet people where they're at. Uh, mm -hmm. not where you want them to be, and then go from there. And so I think with uh, with everything and just how blessed we are to live in the United States, kind of winning that geographical lottery, uh, if you will, you know, we don't have some of those same struggles. So when you see people uh, in a, a lesser position than you, I think you it'd be odd if you didn't help. Right. You didn't want to reach out and, and be the hands and feet and uh, and make the difference that you know you can make. Here's something strange, and it just, you know, pops in my head. A lot of people think people that love America, love freedom, love rights are not helpers of people. Does that make sense to you? That we're not the ones that want to help the less fortunate or we're not the ones that want to, when someone's having a hard time, we're not the ones that want to bend down and do that. What do you say about that? That's not my tribe. Uh, you know, no, that's, that's, I think that's selfish. Uh, if, if, you know, I, I hate to use, you know, words such as that, but I, I don't know what other words to use, really. I think that, you know, you're not born to, like my, my old pastor used to say, to, to get all you can and, and sit on the can, you know, yeah. I believe that you're, you know, you're blessed to, to be a blessing, right? There's a, a parable. It's about the two seas in Israel, the Dead Sea, and, and then, um, help me out. <laughs> I don't know. Sea of Galilee. Okay. You know, the Dead Sea, they both receive the same amount of water. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The Dead Sea is dead. They're, it can't even flourish, right? Because it has no outlet to give. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Sea of Galilee, it has outlets, multiple outlets to give, and yet it flourishes. Right. Right. And so I think that's a real good natural, supernatural correlation. I, I think that's, you know, uh, God on purpose showing us, you know, how we should, how we should live our life. And, and giving and being a servant leader should just be common sense. You're 
parents did a good job. Oh, well, yeah, my, my <laughs> yeah, that, and that comes from that. They, they show you that, and I think that's important that we show that to our kids, too. Um, how do you think that we could teach others to be servant leaders? Because, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing with the charity here. I want, And to me, it's all about kind of courage, just taking that step um, toward doing something that you're not used to doing or you're scared to do. And usually that is servant leadership when you step into that role. How do you think it's important to get people to stand up and be courageous or be servant leaders. Yeah, uh, leading by example. Uh, mm -hmm. You said something uh, after the Laredo meeting, you had said something about showing up. You said, show up, you know, be there. And so I don't believe that courage is acting in the absence of fear. Courage is acting in the face of fear, right? Mm -hmm. And so I don't believe that, uh, you know, the people, especially with what we do, there's been many times uh, that I've been really nervous or even scared uh, in a situation where we're trying to rescue a, a child or, or what have you, we're in a bad area and uh, it can get pretty intense. But again, it's a calling. I know that I'm not gonna check out of here, uh, you know, out of this life a, a second before God wrote that into my destiny. And I feel mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, uh, Edmund Burke said it the best. Uh, the only thing for evil to flourish is for good men to do nothing. Right. And so, and I kind of live by that. Yes, that's amazing. It's hard to live by that. And it's hard to be a listener to just stop. The last time I spoke, I talked about not being afraid in court when the judge told me that I could go to jail for 180 days and being in jail. Fear was not the feeling that I felt, even though I'm not used to going to jail. I don't go to like that was my first time, obviously, but I had zero fear zero. And looking back on that, I didn't notice during the time that I wasn't fearful, but looking back, I'm like, why was I not afraid? And I think it was because I had no choice but to stay silent and sit there for 48 hours by myself with no electronics, no one else. And I was forced to listen. And once you do that, and once you are able to achieve that, and you know what that feels like to listen and obey and know you're doing exactly the right thing because you're not leading your life anymore, you can't beat that feeling. You cannot beat that feeling. And I want people to be able to feel that because a lot of people think, oh, we're living there. We're going to church. Oh, we're helping. We're doing all of these other things. But how do we get people to really, really feel that? You know, Unfortunately, sometimes it has to be a personal, uh, personally impactful to that person, mm -hmm. right? You know, people generally don't become uh, advocates or activists unless it's something that's near and dear to their heart or if something has personally affected them. Uh, I think that showing people in an empathetic way how this is affecting other people, you might not be that child that's in hell right now, but you do have children. And can you imagine if they were, mm -hmm. wouldn't you do everything you could to, you know, go into hell and mm -hmm. get them out? And so, I think that people, if it doesn't affect them directly, uh, even if they're good meaning Sunday Christians, right? Uh, that that uh, are, are good hearted people. I don't think that the majority of people are like myself, like you, uh, like other activists that we know uh, that take a, the, the courage to stand mm -hmm. and, and really put themselves out there. That hits the nail on the head because I will tell you, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm being a good person. I've always been a giving person, mm -hmm. being a good person, um, and doing what I thought I should be doing, you know? Um, no, I wasn't. I, I wasn't anywhere close to, and it took personal injury to my life and my family to wake me up. And, um, I think that what I realized most is 
doing nothing is more harmful than doing something. People are very afraid of change. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, my life's okay right now. I don't want to do anything to disrupt that, right? right? But what happens if you do nothing? What are you willing to stand that, what are you willing to take against your family or against your rights or against your freedom? How far do we have to go for you to make a change? And that's the problem. We need to pe see, make people realize if you do nothing, this is what's going to happen. We have to change. I agree. I agree. I think, uh, I mean, it's, it's what hill that you're going to take a stand on. What hill is the hill you're going to die on? For me, it's hashtag save our children. Hill, right? mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's the hill I'm willing to die on. And so uh, our constitutional rights, we do a lot for that, too. I speak all over the state. I've spoken in Austin a few times um, uh, at the Capitol there. And we, we want to protect our constitutional rights. This is still America. And we have to fight for that, especially with this administration that we have right now, trying to take away gun laws, trying to you know say that you have to have a passport uh, as if this is Nazi Germany. That's crazy town. But it really hits home with you. You have five children of your own. Yes, sir. You, yes, and, you and your wife have five kids. Yes, ma'am. That's a lot. She's a beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> Inside and out to have five kids. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, oldest is going off to college uh, this year. She's 17. She'll be 18 in May. I have a 16 and a half year old, a 14 year old and twin 13 year olds. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a saint. She is. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's a saint. And she also lets you go and do these things that are pretty dangerous. Yeah, uh, she supports me and uh, we couldn't be more opposite. I mean, really in, in every way. Uh, but yeah, she absolutely supports uh, what we do in PFA and, and all the dangerous stuff. And not that she's, uh, you know, always super happy about it, but, you know, mm -hmm. she knows that that's what God's called me to do. And, you know, uh, she supports that. And, and let me tell you, that's it's rare, real rare to find uh, a spouse that would support, especially with what we do. Uh, I can't I can't say enough about her. She's amazing. Well, that's awesome. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on um, talking about stuff that's exciting to me, courage to stand and things like that, because I really want to get into your story and show what an amazing person you are and your group and all of the things that you guys do for people. Um, you will not believe what Samuel Hall does with his group out on the streets, working vigilantly to make sure that your kids are safe. Uh, we'll be right back with this great story. The following are sponsors for today's show. If you'd like to become a sponsor, please visit us at couragetostand.com. Amy Autry authors customized health insurance options. She's licensed and appointed with multiple health insurance and health share companies, so she can review all your health insurance needs, advise, enroll, and support you ongoing with your policy. Amy has over six years of experience as a health insurance broker to save you time and money in shopping and enrolling in a customized health plan that fits your needs and budget. Her services are free, so give her a call at 817-809-4409. That's Amy Autry at 817-809-4409. Looking to buy or sell real estate in North Texas? The Neal team with Better Homes and Gardens Wine-Ins specialize in residential and farm and ranch properties. Call our friends, Donnie and Darla at 903-744-5475 or email neal at wineinsbhg.com. 
Just one call, and as Donnie says, the pretty blonde and the ugly cowboy can put the power of two to work for you. Your journey starts here. Again, Donnie and Darla Neal at 903-744-5475. Jara Hutchins owns Clearing the Chamber, a female-owned firearms and self-defense training company that specializes in teaching women, youth, and families how to stay safe. We have a class for everything, including intro to handgun, time management for the gun owner, how to talk to your kids about firearms, license to carry, and how to protect what you're expecting, a class for new and expecting mothers. We have all five-star reviews on Facebook and respond quickly to your questions. Give us a call at 469-665-9333 or email clearingthechamber at gmail.com and schedule your free consultation. Again, that consultation is free. Just give us a call at 469-665-9333. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Samuel Hall, and we also brought another guest from Patriots for America. And we're going to talk with Andy Gonzalez in just a few minutes. But please tell everybody exactly what Patriots for America is, what they do, um, and what they're about. Yeah, so we, we're a state militia is what we are. So we Wait, stop there. When people hear militia, they think crazy white like boogaloo boys with guns and they act crazy because that have whenever I have militia that protect me, mm-hmm. who they have been amazing by the way, mm-hmm. um, people act crazy about that. So let's start with the word militia. What is that? So militias, I mean, it goes all the way back to what the Constitution, right? And so, uh, you know, a well-formed militia is, is what we're supposed to use when our government overreaches and, and becomes tyrannical. Uh, when would we need that? No, I'm just kidding. We all know. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, that's what we were founded on. And then, uh, you know, we evolved. There was a, a moment uh, that I had, and uh, it was a light bulb that clicked over my head because of a certain video that was uh, sent to me. And I decided that day that uh, we were going to launch an initiative uh, to combat sex trafficking, specifically for minors uh, and children. And so uh, I called up my vice president, uh, Joe Matthias, and I said, Joe, this is what we're doing. And uh, he said, well, I'd be upset if it didn't happen that way. So let's go. And so uh, and since then, God has just put the right people in the right place. We have partners in law enforcement all the way up to the Department of Defense. Uh, and I got to tell you, it's it's been a, a whirlwind ride, but it's been worth it. So you work directly with law enforcement officials to stop or help stop sex trafficking of minors or anyone. Or anyone, right. Uh, Specifically minors, but we did uh, facilitate a rescue of a 23-year-old autistic uh, gentleman in Austin, Texas, uh, Charity and uh, Marcy, some of our hashtag women warriors, uh, they went in the, the blizzard and uh, and rescued this guy at the convention center, not once, but for the first time ever, twice, two days in a row. Uh, the hospital that we had got him to released him, but it was negative 10 degrees outside. The only thing he knew was to go back to the convention center where he was being trafficked by guess who? His dad and a couple other guys. And so uh, we ended up having to rescue him again and get him to the shelter because uh, the hospital, because of COVID, wouldn't let him stay in the lobby and be safe. So you're telling me right now, a 23-year-old autistic man Mm -hmm. who wasn't able to take care of himself. His dad was sending him out to have sex for money. Correct. And this happens everywhere. This happens a lot. Uh, Specifically for that 10 years old and younger, 
that's mostly going to be trafficked by family members, unfortunately. Uh, and then 10 and older is going to be uh, OC, uh, organized crime, right? So um, that's that's kind of the stats uh, just for that. But I mean, the, the average age is 12 years old, uh, is the average age of a, of a trafficking victim. And, and that's uh, boys and girls. Boys I and mean, girls. it happens a lot with girls, but it, it happens to boys too. We cannot eliminate that fact. And that's sad too. It's, it's horrible and sad to think that this is going on all around us and we just live our daily lives as if it's not and we need to wake up. Yeah, absolutely. So the, one of the largest uh, brothels, if you will, in North Texas is, is right in Plano, Texas. Uh, it's actually in the same parking lot as a church. And it's in an office building with no signs. You wouldn't really know what it is unless you're, you know, one of our Eyes and Ears team members, which is who found that intel uh, that gave it over to what's called our RRT, Rapid Response Team. And these are the guys and one, one of our females right here, Mrs. Andy, uh, that go out and actually, you know, put the boots on, put our bulletproof vest on, and we try to go make the difference that, you know, we know we can make. So what happens is you get some intel from the team or law enforcement or whatever, mm -hmm. whomever's closest or can get there. Just throw your clothes on at that moment, bulletproof vest, because it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And you go there and try to immediately help the victim for free. For yes. free. Not getting paid Not just getting because paid. you want to help. Andy, you were involved in the rapid response team about two months ago. You guys had an incident. Where was this? It was in Allen, Texas. Allen, Texas, which is not far from here in, in North Texas. For those of you that are watching, um, pretty affluential place. Um, what happened? So we, when Sam called, he said, hey, we're going to do um, an operation. We've got some intel. I said, okay. Um, we go uh, and we put our comms on and I go inside. And as, I'm, as an undercover, I have a specific set of roles that I need to fit into, mm -hmm. essentially. Well, having females get... is huge because a lot of times mm -hmm. they don't expect that females, pretty females are really, you know, regular looking people that would be walking around. They don't expect you to be someone that's going to help. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I will change my look up a little bit mm -hmm. just to fit this role in essentially. But um, when we finally got the intel inside, the ma'am, so to speak, starts to pull out wait stop what do you, what is that the madam so this is a brothel oh. in allen texas and she's the madam of that brothel and we so had like a pimp uh yeah some, but a like woman mm -hmm. like a woman pimp we had intel they were trafficking a little boy yep and so uh which was perfect for andy so um so we sent andy in undercover and and we had the allen police department backing us up across the street so in case we get the code word from andy he goes in then we back him up and we know what that is. Code word means that you're in trouble, something's wrong. Yes. Or that they're offering a minor uh, for a sexual favor in return for monetary value, which is, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. That mm -hmm. way we can prosecute. We, we wear little pins that have a, an audio Recorder. video camera. And so that, you know, we can use that in court if we need. Right. Otherwise, I mean, do you guys go testify in court too? If, we, if we're called to, I mean, yeah, we would, we'd go do that. So. That's dangerous. And you do that just because you want to help kids. Do you have kids of your own? I have three kids of my own. Mm -hmm. um, one is nine. The other one just turned six. And I have a three-year-old boy, two girls and a boy. And I, and I got involved because actually it was January of 2020 when I really started looking at the trafficking issue before I ever met Sam, before COVID. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, 
it's very personal because when you do have kids, you want to know that if something were to ever happen, you would hope to God that there are groups out there, there are organizations out there that are going to be looking and um, that so can reach really out and help them if, yes. some, if they're in trouble. Yes. And now we have our border wide open, mm-hmm. which, yes, people are concerned that we have, you know, I- illegal immigrants coming over. My concern is that they're minors. They don't have adults looking over them. They're just going to get released and they're going to have nowhere to go, just like the, the other guy. Yep. Um, and they're going to have to work for money somehow to live. It's horrible. I'm so concerned that these young children are going to be trafficked and there's not enough of us to help them. 4,000. And that's just what we know about. Right. And so and the Biden administration set aside what we know of, $86 million uh, to go ahead and put them in places that's completely overcrowded. Right. Um, And then all the Rio Grande Valley hotels are all taken up right now with that money to house them. And then they're going to get a plane ticket wherever they want to go. And then it's say la vie. That's like getting out of jail. They wash their hands of it. And these are kids. These are children, unaccompanied minors. It's a trafficker's dream. But this is what we're dealing with. And it's gotten so bad, Shelly, that I have to outsource a lot of what we do to other either militia organizations or other organizations that we're familiar with and that we have a relationship with because there's just not enough of us. So how do you guys train for this? I mean, I I could not walk up and be like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. I would ruin your whole operation. So what is the training that's involved in this? So uh, CLK stands for Christ the Living King Security Services. They train our rapid response team members in weapons and tactical training. Uh, So on that end, and then we have what's called boots on the ground training where we do surveillance undercover training for uh, the brothel and, and, and that kind of stuff. So the training is, is it, it's pretty intense. It's about four months long. And then at the end of it, uh, we throw him out of an airplane. <laughs> Just, yeah, which by the way, he's trying to get me to do. And uh, I have courage, but I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane that's like flying on its own. There's okay. no such thing as a perfectly good airplane. <laughs> so, And I've jumped twice. So I, I mean, um, it's the same thing. Like, You'll only catch me running if someone's chasing me. It's the yeah. same. It's the same thing. So um, I don't mean to make light of it, but yeah. you guys are doing a really great thing, and we're so thankful that you. We have people like you. There's not enough. Mm. How, how? What if people wanted to become part of this? What if they wanted to do this? Well, we have a lot of people that that want to be a part of what we do. And, and listen, not everybody's meant to to put on a bulletproof vest and, and go out and and rescue, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Or you know, put on a, your AR and go out and defend constitutional rights and, and rallies and stuff. But we do have prayer warriors. You know, we have uh, financial mm. support. You know, PFA ourselves, we haven't taken a donation since day one. But we do market for our partners, which is Treasured Vessels Foundation, uh, org, Answer International, dot org, uh, and uh, CLK Security. And so, so we definitely want to put those um companies or those entities on our website. Well, when we post, we'll also list those for you if you want to contribute. Or if you're not someone that wants to, you know, strap on an AR, you definitely can contribute to help because there's never enough money to help these kids. Because once they're saved from trafficking, we can't just dump them off again. That's right. Um, what, what happens to these kids after they're saved? Depends on how old they are. So, uh, you know, if they're of age, I can send them, I can call Alicia Bush. She's a great friend of mine. Uh, she's also a partner with Treasure Vessels Foundation. They have a 30-acre campus in Collin County where they house, care for, feed, provide food, medical uh, counseling uh, to these girls that are coming out of that life either willingly or by, by rescue, right? Um, if they're a minor, depending on the organization, 
if they're full, and there's only so many beds in Texas, and you'd be surprised how few there are, then unfortunately they have to go be turned over to the state. And I hate that uh, because they're 86% more likely to be trafficked again. Uh, in state custody. So it's almost. But I mean, it's not like we can just invite them all in our houses like we want to, but that's not reasonable. So they would, they have to go because they can't most of the time go back to the parent because a lot of times the parent is the one that is trafficking them out. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It happens all the time. How long do the, how long do the, the, the people, girls, boys or whatever, how long do they stay in that facility once they've been helped? So for, for TVF, Treasure Vessels Foundation, there's not really a time limit uh, as far as how long they can stay. I mean, it's they can willingly leave anytime they want to, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and there's not really a time limit that they have per se. Uh, you know, they're willing to help and they, they're a, a wonderful ministry uh, that does a, a lot of great work and they need a lot of help. It's about, you know, about $105 a day to support a girl that has been rescued out of sex trafficking. And if you compare that to someone that, you know, and again, no judgment at all, but if you go to like a drug rehab, those are sometimes a thousand dollars a day, mm -hmm. right? This is a hundred dollars a day to help feed, clothe, provide medical and dental, and really put those pieces back together mm -hmm. in, from a broken They're broken. Yeah. They're broken. Yeah. And they, I don't know how some of these young boys and girls go out and function in real life and actually, um, you know, we've had a guest before that was in that situation and has been able to turn it around, um, but not everybody's that strong. Yeah, it's a, it's a process, right? You know, mm -hmm. um, one of the stats is, you know, the, the trafficking uh, period of time, if it's seven years, you know, the amount of times that they've been assaulted is in the 25,000 or 30,000 range. If it, I might be off a little bit on that stat, but you know, you can imagine the trauma, right? Uh, that they feel and the, the sense of insecurity and fear um, that they went through. And so it, it really is, like I said, Alicia Bush does an incredible work uh, to really rehab these girls and just let them know that you're still God's child. You know, you're still in very important uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, valued and loved. And Alicia, thank you so much yeah. for doing that. Like you, you are God sent and doing exactly what you should be doing. So thank you for doing that. What I want to do is make people more aware mm -hmm. of their surroundings. Um, I know that we talked the other day when we were discussing, you know, the show, you noticed like a, a child being forced into a car or something. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, that was an operation in, in South Irving. Uh, we had gotten intel, a lady walked into our other partner, Answer International, uh, walked into that church out of uh, Open Door in Burleson and said that uh, she and her son were being threatened by these traffickers that lived in the same complex. Uh, and they had been taking girls in and out of this building uh, and they threatened her and her son to kill them if they said anything. So she moved out, but she went into Open Door and uh, talked to Matt and what, what she said, uh, was this is the place, this is what's going on, and this is the people being trafficked. So we were there, and right about that one in the morning, kind of an hour, um, and we had five or six team members, uh, Andy was one of them, we noticed uh, a man come out with a young girl uh, with his arm, uh, his hand on her, on her left arm and his right hand around her neck. Oh, that's normal. And <laughs> no. going down the stairs and forcing her into a car and taking off, me and Andy, we were on the mobile unit, we jump in pursuit, uh, follow them across this uh, industrial park. They zoomed into another apartment complex. I'm on the phone with Irving PD. Uh, they finally show up with about seven squad cars or eight squad cars. And unfortunately, they just got there too late. Uh, but, you know, 
there was one girl rescued that night uh, as a result of what we were doing, but I don't know if it was the girl that we were actually chasing. So it was just, um, it's, it's, a, it's hard to do what we do sometimes because you do put yourself out there and when it's not a successful operation like you want it to be, uh, it's very discouraging, but you just gotta keep doing it. So if someone were to see that, you know that's unusual behavior, like someone being forced into a car, um, they just call, dial 911 or? Absolutely, yeah, dial 911. Because a lot of people don't want, oh, I don't want to get involved. Or um, I don't know, people, are, we are very good at just staying quiet and minding our own business, but that could mean someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. Melanie Chalish has a great uh, testimony. Melanie Chalish, uh, you can Google her, but she was trafficked by her mom and dad from the age of five years old to about 14. And she talks about how she just thought it was normal because that's how she grew up. But she talks about, and this, and I love her testimony because it's not always happening in back alleys and dark buildings and bad parts of town, although it does. This is literally happening at your local park, at Stonebriar Mall, uh, in, in Frisco parking lots, uh, literally right under your nose. And she talks about what to look for. And she talks about if you see something, even if it's not, that big of a deal, say something, because you never know. Mm -hmm. The worst thing you're going to do is possibly make a parent a little uncomfortable, but the maybe you save a child's life, mm -hmm. right? So why uncomfortable not Uncomfortable is up? worth it. Yeah. You know, Tim was in the parking lot of a Walmart or something the other day, mm -hmm. and he saw this man awkwardly walking toward this woman in her car, um, probably young 20s or late teens. And I don't know the whole story, and we will have to have Tim come on at some point and tell it. But basically, the guy was asking that girl for a ride down the street, mm -hmm. and she freaked out. And Tim's walked up and said, "And she's not giving you a ride anywhere. Do you want me to give you a ride? I'll give you a ride somewhere. Mm -hmm. No, I, I was talking to her, butt out. Um, and Tim actually had to show the guy that he was carrying a gun. And look, you're going to have to walk away. And the guy ran when he saw Tim's gun. And that's not the, the whole story, but we found out when Tim got home, he told me the story. I'm like, call the police right now. They need to sit someone in that parking lot to see what's happening. And then we found out later, there were two or three other instances of the same thing happening. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. The cops aren't gonna be mad that you call and, and think that something is suspicious when it is, because if you feel like something is suspicious, it is. You're some, something is telling you it's wrong. It's wrong. That's right. You know, you're not going to bother anybody, but you might save a life. That's right. What should people look for? I, I know there are signs. Um, are there like tattoos? I've heard there's people that have like certain tattoos on their leg, or I've even heard um, that people have been numbered or there's something. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Where they've marked some of the kids that they are being sex trafficked? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there was one girl that we went after. Uh, she had what's called a Romeo pimp. That's different from a gorilla pimp. They are the boyfriend, very manipulative, and they groom them uh, and then start trafficking them, right? And they will uh, tattoo them with whatever either number or uh, symbol. That's their symbol, right? And so uh, you also saw that a lot out of uh, an organization. I can't remember what it is now, but it ended up being a pretty much a cult. But all the ladies were also tattooed and marked. Um, and that was in South Texas. So yeah, that does happen. Uh, what to look for? Body language. Uh, if you see a, a child that can't make eye contact with you or look scared, uh, crossing their legs uh, is a defensive posture. Uh, if they're standing up, I mean, mm -hmm. anything like that, um, you know, 
keep an eye on it, follow it, watch it. If you need to call the police. But again, Melanie has that great testimony about how all through her life growing up, her dad would drop her off at local swimming pool bathrooms and another man would come in and she would leave with that other man and nobody thought to say anything. And she didn't because she, she had didn't no say idea. anything because again, to her, this was just normal. Right. And so, and she talks about how it happens at grocery stores, at, at your local parks and swimming pools. Again, if you see somebody, you know, that's walking with a child and yet very much well could be the parent, right? You don't want to go around just harassing everybody. Right. Right. But again, if you see a child that's dropped off by somebody and obviously leaving with somebody else, well, that's probably not her family member. And that's probably a trafficking type situation. You should definitely speak up and absolutely say something because who knows who could have Melanie Chalish all those years ago if anybody anybody would have just mm -hmm. said something and I think license plate numbers are important if if you're not if the police don't get there in time or if you just need to take notes I think license plate numbers would be extremely helpful um, in that situation absolutely to put it in perspective the United States is number two in the world for sex trafficking and in Houston is the number one city in the United States. It's that corridor. So it's right in our backyard, right? And a child goes missing every 30 seconds. Every 30 seconds, a child goes missing, right? And so this is happening all, the real pandemic is not COVID. The real pandemic is child sex trafficking in America. Mm -hmm. That's the real pandemic. So there's 60 children that have gone missing in the time of our show. I'm not good with math, but yeah. 60. Every 30 seconds, yeah. 30-minute mm -hmm. show? Yep, 60. 60 kids. 60. And like we talked about before, if it's not our child, we're reluctant to mm -hmm. stand up and do something. But you don't want it to one day be you. Yeah. That's the worst thing. So we need to get on top of this quickly. We can all make a difference. Uh, yeah. You know, We can all make a difference where we're at right now. Again, you don't have to put on a bulletproof vest and go out and rescue. You can make a difference in your shopping malls, at your grocery stores, just by paying attention mm -hmm. and opening your eyes and realizing it's just not always about you all the time. You know, let's make a difference in our communities and really, truly hashtag save our children. And so you can go to PatriotsForAmericaMilitia.com, okay? PatriotsForAmericaMilitia.com. You can check out what we do more. Uh, you can see our partners pages. If you click the donate tab, that goes straight to their donate page. And you can make a difference in your pocketbook, in, in, your, in your donating. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, $100 a day takes care of a girl yeah. you know, that's come out of sex trafficking. Please go to CurtisToStand.com and donate to this warrior here, please. Well, actively watching, actively listening, act, being active in some way, and that could be anything with your pocketbook, with your eyes, with your ears, getting an AR and getting training, putting on a bulletproof vest like these heroes. Um, you guys are amazing. And I know it's you're going to say, no, we're not. We're just doing it. I know. But that's why you're heroes, because you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the kids and the betterment of everyone. Yeah, teammate, teamwork makes the dream work. Right? No, really, and yeah, that's not just cliche. Yeah, it takes all of us. It takes a platform. It right. takes, um, and you guys have to share this program to make sure that people are aware. Make sure that girls and boys are aware that this is not normal. And if this is happening to you, you need to call the police. They will help you. Don't be scared. Um, is there anything else that you want? You guys want to go to Patriots for America. Do you have .com or what is the website? Uh, PatriotsForAmericaMilitia.com. Militia.com. 
go there, check it out. You'll have all of the other resources on there mm -hmm. um, and where we can donate to all of these other great organizations that are making this happen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have been really amazing. Thank you guys so much for watching the show. Um, I can't tell you how important it is for us to get active and get involved and have the courage to stand. Share this show with everyone. Go back to our future shows. You could see a lot of other heroes that have changed their lives and made it their lives for the betterment of other people. Thank you so much for watching Courage to Stand.